0: Extra-Biblical Examples of Dreams Abraham's Descendant to Kill Nimrod This dream is recorded in the ancient book of Jasher. See if you can understand what it means. And at the expiration of two years from Abram's going out of the fire, that is, in the fifty-second year of his life, behold, King Nimrod sat in Babel upon the throne, And the king fell asleep, and dreamed that he was standing with his troops and host in a valley opposite the king's furnace. And he lifted up his eyes, and saw a man in the likeness of Abram coming forth from the furnace. And then he came and stood before the king with his drawn sword, and then sprang to the king with his sword. When the king fled from the man, for he was afraid. And while he was running, the man threw an egg upon the king's head, and the egg became a great river. And the king dreamed that all his troops sank in that river and died. And the king took flight with three men, who were before him, and he escaped. And the king looked at these men, and they were clothed in princely dresses, as the garments of kings, and had the appearance and the majesty of kings. And while they were running, the river again turned into an egg before the king. And there came forth from the egg a young bird, which came before the king, And it flew at his head and plucked out the king's eye. And the king was grieved at the sight. And he awoke out of his sleep, and his spirit was agitated, and he felt a great terror. Ancient Book of Jasher, twelve forty five through fifty. Nimrod was terrified by this dream. Notice in the following verses Nimrod's servant Anuki is not a believer and fights against God. But because he believes in dreams, knows the history of what happened, and knows Nimrod personally, he is able to piece together the interpretation very easily. And in the morning the king rose from his couch in fear, and he ordered all the wise men and magicians to come before him when the king related his dream to them. And a wise servant of the king, whose name was Anuki, answered the king, saying, This is nothing else but the evil of Abram and his seed, which will spring up against my lord and king in the latter days. And behold, the day will come when Abram and his seed and the children of his household will war with my king, and they will smite all the king's host and his troops. And as to what thou hast said concerning three men which thou didst see like unto thyself, and which did escape, this means that only thou wilt escape with three kings from the kings of the earth who will be with thee in battle. And that which thou sawest of the river which turned into an egg as at first, and the young bird plucking out thine eye, this means nothing else but the seed of Abram which will slay the king in latter days. This is my king's dream, and this is its interpretation, and the dream is true, and the interpretation which thy servant hath given thee is right. Ancient Book of Jasher twelve fifty-one 51-56 The egg of Abraham is the seed or son of Abraham. But was it fulfilled? Was it Isaac or Esau? Sometime after Abraham's death, his grandson Esau killed Nimrod with a sword. Notice the beak of the bird thrust into his eye? Esau killed him with the thrust of a sword. And Esau at that time, after the death of Abraham, frequently went in the field to hunt. And Nimrod, king of Babel, the same as Amraphel, also frequently went with his mighty men to hunt in the field, and to walk about with his men in the cool of the day. And Nimrod was observing Esau all the days, for a jealousy was formed in the heart of Nimrod against Esau all the days. And on a certain day Esau went in the field to hunt, and he found Nimrod walking in the wilderness with his two men. And all his mighty men and his people were with him in the wilderness. But they removed at a distance from him, and they went from him in different directions to hunt. And Esau concealed himself for Nimrod, and he lurked for him in the wilderness. And Nimrod and his men that were with him did not know him, and Nimrod and his men frequently walked in the field at the cool of the day, and to know where his men were hunting in the field. And Nimrod and two of his men that were with him came to the place where they were, when Esau started suddenly from his lurking place and drew his sword and hastened and ran to Nimrod to cut off his head. And Esau fought a desperate fight with the two men that were with Nimrod, and when they called out to him, Esau turned to them and smote them to death with his sword. And all the mighty men of Nimrod who left him to go to the wilderness heard the cry at a distance, and they knew the voices of those two men, and they ran to know the cause of it when they found their king and the two men that were with him lying dead in the wilderness. Ancient Book of Jasher, 27, 1-9 through 9. Dreams of the Persian King and the Magi This chapter is an excerpt from my book, The Pre-Flood Origins of Astrology. It gives the account of the Magi in their own words from the ancient church fathers. At the time of the birth of Jesus the king of Persia had a dream that the one true God had incarnated as foretold of old. Then they gave the account of the Magi's visit and finding Jesus and more detail to the warning that the angel gave them when they left. The biblical account of this is given in the chapter entitled The Magi under the section about literal dreams. History of the Persian Magi Ancient church father Julius Africanus who lived from A.D. 160 to 240, recorded the Magi's own account of the Star of Bethlehem and Christ's birth. This account is found in the Anti-Nicene Fathers, Volume 6, under Africanus' Existent Writings. Julius wrote that Cyrus commanded a temple to be built in Juno. In this temple were many idols of various gods and goddesses made out of gold and silver with all sorts of precious stones. This temple also contained a hall of records. These Persian historical public records reveal that the king woke one night from a strange dream. He went to the temple of Juno to inquire of the priests there. In his dream, the idols of the temple were all arguing because the statue of the goddess Page was found wearing a diadem with a carbuncle and emerald on top. A star came down from heaven and rested on the two stones of the diadem for a while, and went further and seated itself on the underside of the diadem. A voice from heaven spoke, saying, The mighty Son will come to you and will be born of you, he who created this world below and all the things therein. He is the beginning and the end, the beginning of salvation and the end of perdition. Then the statue of the god Dionysus stated, Our time is over. He who is before all things has come to the realm of men, and we are merely deceivers. At once all the idols fell down and were no more. The magi, wise men, who were skilled in astronomy and dream interpretation, stated that the goddess Page was a queen worshipped in ancient times and was long since dead and buried, but she was also the personification of the constellation Virgo, the Virgin. The diadem, in the way it was described, represented the country of the Jews, for they are made of twelve tribes. The emerald and carbuncle were two of the precious stones found in the breastplate of the Jewish high priest Ephod. They represented the tribes of Levi and Judah, which in turn are known to represent priesthood and kingship. The star coming down from the heavens is none other than the deity himself, the creator of all things. They then brought out an old scroll which contained a prophecy about the birth of a king marked by a new star. Church Father Origen, in Against Celsus 160, stated that the Magi had a copy of the prophecy of Balaam found in Numbers 24 about the star coming out of Jacob. It was given to them by the great sage Daniel after a time of Cyrus's taking the kingdom. Origen also stated in Against Celsus 158 that historical records indicated that the Magi were not Chaldeans but Persians. The Magi remarked that a star had just appeared. The advice the Magi gave the king was to send a delegation to Jerusalem, the capital of Israel, to inquire about the new virgin-born Jewish divine king. The king did exactly that. He sent a delegation of Magi who had studied the Jewish religion and had come to believe in their sacred writings. The rest of what followed in the record is the Magi's own words as to what they found. When we came to Jerusalem, the sign of the star, together with our arrival, roused all the people. They said, Why are Persian wise men here, and what is this strange stellar phenomenon? The chief of the Jews interrogated us by asking, For what purpose have you come here? And we said, Because he whom you call the Messiah has been born. They did not believe us, but did not dare to accuse us of anything. But they said to us, By the justice of heaven, tell us what you know about this matter. We answered them, You do not truly believe in him, nor would you believe us, even if we swore an oath. You follow your own heedless counsel, because the Christ, the Son of the Most High, is born and he is the subverter of your law and synagogues. That is why you are acting like you have been stuck with a dart, and are bitter when you hear his name, and see that we have suddenly come here because we truly do believe. Then they took counsel together, urged us to accept their gifts, and tell to no one that such an event had occurred in their land, because it may cause people to revolt against them. But we replied, We have brought gifts in his honor, WITH THE VIEW OF PROCLAIMING THOSE MIGHTY THINGS WHICH WE HAVE WITNESSED IN OUR COUNTRY ON OCCASION OF HIS BIRTH. AND YOU DARE TO BRIBE US TO CONCEAL THE THINGS WHICH THE DIVINITY WHO IS ABOVE THE HEAVENS HAS COMMUNICATED TO US, AND NEGLECT THE COMMANDMENTS OF OUR PROPER KING? AFTER RECONSIDERING, THEY GAVE THE MATTER UP. AND WHEN THE KING OF JUDEA SENT FOR US, AND PUT TO US CERTAIN QUESTIONS, WE ACTED IN THE SAME MANNER, UNTIL HE WAS THOROUGHLY ENRAGED AT OUR REPLIES. We left him accordingly, without giving any greater heed to him than to any other common person. We came to that place then to which we were sent, and saw the mother and the child, the star indicating to us the royal babe. And we said to the mother, What is your name, O renowned mother? And she said, Mary, sirs. And we said to her, Where are you from? And she replied, from the district of the Bethlehemites. Then we said, Do you have a husband? And she answered, I was only betrothed when a certain Sabbath dawn, at the rising of the sun an angel appeared to me, bringing me suddenly the glad tidings of a son. And in trouble I cried out, Be it not so to me, Lord, for I have not a husband. And he persuaded me to believe that by the will of God I should have this son. Then said we to her, Mother, Mother, all the lords of the Persians have called you blessed. Your glory is great, for you are exalted above all women of renown, and you are shown to be more queenly than all queens. The child was sitting on the ground, being, as she said, in his second year, and having in part the likeness of his mother. She had long hands and a body somewhat delicate, and her color was like that of ripe wheat, and she had a round face and had hair bound up. We brought along with us a servant who was a skillful painter, who painted a portrait of them both, which we brought back with us, and placed it in our temple. It is inscribed, To Jove the Son, the Mighty God, the King Jesus, the power of Persia dedicated this. After taking the child up, each of us in turn, and bearing him in our arms, we saluted him and worshipped him, and presented to him gold, myrrh, and frankincense, addressing him thus, We gift you with your own, O Jesus, ruler of heaven. In no other way would things unordered be ordered were you not at hand. And no other way could things heavenly be brought into conjunction with things earthly, but by your descent. Such service cannot be discharged if only the servant is sent us, as when the master himself is present. Neither can so much be achieved when the king sends only his satraps to war, as when the king is there himself. It became the wisdom of your system that you should deal in this manner with men. And the child leaped and laughed at our caresses and words. And when we had bidden the mother farewell, and when she had shown us honor, and we had testified to her the reverence which became us, we came again to the place in which we lodged. That evening there appeared to us one of terrible and fearful countenance, saying, Get out quickly, lest you be taken in a snare. And we in terror said, Who, O divine leader, could plot against a so heavily armed envoy? And he replied, Herod, but get up straight away and depart in safety and peace. So we immediately departed and brought back home this record of what had happened in Jerusalem, and of Christ our Saviour, who was made known as both God and man. To him be glory and the power unto the ages of the ages. Amen.